I am a real American. I fight for the rights of every man. That's the alarm of things that will get us sued. No, but I... I, No, no. no. P, just say, welcome to the Squash Match Podcast. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Squash Match Podcast. I want to let you know I actually am a real American. I will fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. I fight for what's right. Fight for... My life. My life. That's true. True words, nervous spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Smirks is here, and we got P. And uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, first off, I want to quick give a shout-out to Mr. Outrageous Al Burke. Got to interview him last week. If you haven't listened to that one yet, highly suggest you check it out. And uh, two weeks ago, we had a little contest where... Uh, we asked you to email or uh, tweet us your favorite finisher. And um, we got quite a few emails and uh, direct messages on Twitter. But uh, the winner is Paul Bridges, who emailed in with his favorite finisher, which is, you know, he couldn't decide between two of them. So he said either the sharpshooter or the scorpion deathlock. <laughs> well, I, you know... Paul, congratulations. Very, very happy. You're our first contest winner. But I don't see much difference, Smirks, in the two of those. Well, I, I think it's the when, when Brett's putting the sharpshooter in, he really gets the leverage. You know? Okay, and, and you think Sting is just more of a laid-back Cali-type bro, and he's just kind of slapping it in and, and making it nice and easy on the guy. Yeah, I mean, Brett really puts it He made Stone Cold pass out from it, man. He is the, the excellence of execution right there. Best there was, best there is, best there ever will be. That means no one's better. And, and I mean, Sting, as amazing as he was, come on. Can't hold a candle to Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm going to go with the sharpshooter, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the voice of Paul who can't be here on the pod, and I'm going to say that Paul, in his heart of hearts, probably thinks that Brett's sharpshooter is the best. I would like to go back in time, you know, when Brett came into WCW before, you know, Goldberg kicked his head off his body, mm-hmm. and see a Bret Hart versus Sting Sharpshooter, Scorpion, Deathlock, just over and over until one of them taps out. You think they would, uh, you know how they have so many different types of matches. What, what do you think they would call that match? Maybe like the, the uh, uh, Sharp Scorpion submission match? I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, all right, so real quick, though, you want to give a shout-out to somebody. I do. I want to give a shout-out to one of our favorite, our biggest and also our littlest fans, Christian Knight, who I know is out there listening. So, Christian, we want to give a big what's up to you and hope that you keep listening. And if there's anything you ever want us to talk about on the show, please let us know, brother. Yes, and that goes for anybody. Anything you want us to talk about, whether you have some things we want to rank or you want us to do some uh, Monday morning booking for you, just uh, send us a tweet, send us an email, and... Uh, you can either email us at squashmatchpod at gmail.com or P, why don't you tell them our Twitter? Yeah, check out us on Twitter at squashmatch underscore pod on Twitter. Feel free to tweet at us. Our direct messages are open, so if you're the type of 
dude or chick that wants to drop in someone's DMs, you can do that. But we're very responsive. We'll get right back to you. And, and we love hearing from the fans, and we love hearing what they have to say as well. And then, you know, Smirks, I know people like our takes on things also. So it's, it's a real cohesive unit when we're all working together. Absolutely, absolutely. So last week, talking with uh, Mr. Outrageous, he brought up how much the product has changed over the years. And um, it got me thinking, what happened to Monday Night Raw was supposed to be raw? It hasn't been, man. It's so polished and, like, prim and proper now. What, What can be done to get it back to raw? Or do you think this is just, do you think they should do a name change? I like to think of it as like Monday Night Sterile, if you will. <laughs> you know, because look, truth be told, we talked about this two weeks ago. As soon as the advertisers and big money came in, it changed the whole concept behind their booking. It changed who became stars. It changed match results. You know, they, guys used to go full color, bleeding from the head on Raw. And we're back now to sometimes cartoonish matches, which is okay at times, but the overall product, like you said, Smirks, has definitely taken a step even past PG to G. Well, there's that, and there's just the, look, kayfabe's dead. We know it's scripted, but does it have to be so scripted? Everything feels so rehearsed. Um, Original... You know, you go back to the mid-90s, late-90s, to those Raws, and I'm not talking, you know, full-on Attitude Era, but just the early Raws felt like anything could happen and they were flying by the seat of their pants. It felt like a house show that was on TV, and it doesn't have that feel anymore, which you brought up a little bit ago if they started televising some house shows, and I think doing something like that and bringing back kind of a, you know, a more, what we're used to when we go to a local wrestling show if they brought that to the WWE, it would give them a change. You know, you think about a lot of these movies that get bigger and bigger and bigger. At some point, you get too big, so they go back and they centralize it and they, you know, simplify everything. And I think that would help out a lot with Raw. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the bottom line is, and we can talk about this ad nauseum, but the bottom line is three hours is too long. It's way too long. There's too many commercials. Um, I want to skip ahead a little bit. I know we're going to talk about this, but speaking of commercials, we had Aleister Black, we had Ricochet, we had them versus the Revival, like a dream matchup. Two minutes into the match, commercial. And not even a playthrough commercial like they do on SmackDown, which I love because I can still watch the match. Then they come back three minutes later, commercial for four minutes. They showed six and a half minutes of the match and nine and a half minutes of commercials during the match. I timed it. That drives me insane. It's awful. It's awful. I mean, it does not help your product. How can you build storyline smirk? I, I, I don't know, and I don't, but I don't know the way around it. They have to get the ads in, but they don't have to do it. You know, during these matches. And the other thing that I've been, uh, you know, the more I've been watching a lot of older matches, not every match of the night has to be a 10, 15 minute match. They can have, a, you know, a couple real quick three, four, five minute matches that are just intense and strong for five minutes straight and get a quick finish. 
And so are you advocating for more squash matches? I might be advocating for more squash matches. But even if you don't do a squash match, you just have them going all out for a short, quick burst of time. You know, everybody knows, even on the SmackDown where they shrink it down and do the playthrough commercials, you know that nothing's going to happen in that match during that time. You know that it's right, just but it's Right, but you know what's cool? That gives you the aspect of being in the stands and seeing those little things. Agreed. You know, it's like, it's like watching a golf tournament and seeing what happens in between the shots. You're getting to see stuff that only the people that are there live get to see. But not when you're running nine minutes of commercials between a match where, look, everyone wants to see Black and Ricochet right now. No, no, no. Everybody wants to see Ronda Rousey cut a promo for a half an hour. Okay, I don't. I will literally (laughs) smash my computer if you talk about that woman. But let me say this. You asked how can Raw get more Raw. Well, it can't. But the wrestlers are kind of taking it upon themselves, Smirks, to do it in the Twitter world. You want to tell the people what Rousey and Becky Lynch, the man, got into a little bit? Or you want me to take this one? You you could take it, but I will say I've uh, read a little bit about this, and WWE is not happy with Ronda Rousey right now. Okay, they shouldn't be because she sucks, and I'm not happy. And Smirks, if you're happy with her, I'm quitting this podcast right now. I am not. I mean, I'm happy that she's causing some drama with them, but uh, that's because it might get her fired, not because okay, she's cool. doing anything Okay, cool. I'll stick good. around then. I'm, <laughs> I'm in it for the long haul now. All right, so here's the deal, people. On our Twitter account, Squash Matt, underscore pod um you know we tweet at a lot of the the pro wrestlers all across you know the world not just in the wwe and we get some good response and we get some good replies we have some good back and forth well the other day i guess ronda rousey decided that her promo was so awful on raw which it was smirks you agree right oh 100 she decided that she's going to take to twitter now, obviously, on Twitter, she can take her time, and she doesn't have to think off the top of her head, and she can craft these ideas. Well, basically, she told Becky Lynch that her arm bar looked fake, and she told Becky Lynch that it looked like um, a male appendage. That Becky she wishes L- she had. Right, as if she was a man, because she supposedly is Becky Lynch, quote-unquote, the man. So Becky Lynch comes back and says, you're right, it does kind of look like this male appendage. And she posts a picture of Ronda Rousey's husband on top of it. So Ronda Rousey says, forget the script. Next time I see you, I'm bidding the ever-living boop out of you. (laughs) Um, Obviously, like Raw, I guess, maybe we're complete... Uh, contradictions here, Smirks, because we're keeping it PG as well for the the children. Squash Match Pod is for the children. Uh, You have have Rousey now creating some drama, but completely off script. And I, part of me, I know Kayfabe is dead, and part of me wants to believe that this is not scripted, but I have a feeling that they understand Rousey cannot cut a promo, and what a great way to do it, but on Twitter, because Look, someone can write it for her. Doesn't it sound very Vince Russo-y? It sounds 100% (laughs) because he was into that kind of um, like sophomoric humor Mm -hmm. and stuff. But then he would take it and turn it. And work shoots and stuff like that. Yes, and give it a hard edge. Exactly. However, the 
I love the idea of them getting into it and getting a little, you know, chippy with each other. What I can't get behind is the calling out the arm bar. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. Let's fast forward five weeks from now. It's at Mania. Mm-hmm. What if Becky puts that arm bar on her? And now Ronda Rousey, you know, MMA champ, has now called out the armbar saying that it's fake. Right. Now she puts that on her and she taps to it. Right. You know, it just loses some of that part of the product. Where if she would have gone after her for other things, you know, insulted her in other ways and gotten real, you know, ugly with the Twitter feud, it would have brought the same elevation, but it wouldn't have had to completely ruin the kayfabe of it. So... What about this for Mania? What about if Rousey does go completely off script and let's say Becky Lynch is supposed to win, which, look, for all intents and purposes, it looks like we're going down that road. Rousey wants to have kids. They're building Becky up. They're doing the whole Daniel Bryan slash Stone Cold Mm -hmm. gimmick with her. You know, she's arrested. She's taken out. She comes in every week, you know. Okay, let's say they do that. And Becky goes to put the armbar on her, and Rousey just doesn't tap. Uh, what if it's uh, like a reverse Montreal screwdriver? That would be amazing. Because that, um, I, look, I'm going to bed before the main event anyway. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not watching it. If they main event, I'm not watching it. I'm not staying up. I'll watch it the next day. It's not worth me staying six and a half hours in front of my television. If you're over the house, Smirks, and you want to stay up, you can stay up. I'm going to bed. But... <laughs> That would get me to watch it the next day. 100%. Um, what, would be, what would make me even happier is if this isn't scripted and if Ronda Rousey actually is getting pissed at Becky Lynch and the match turns into a shoot. <laughs> okay, what if, what, look, what about this? What if Ronda Rousey doesn't realize wrestling is fake? <laughs> what if she doesn't know that K-Fake is dead? What if she truly believes? What if she thinks that the criminal justice system is broken because they let Becky Lynch out the same night and created T-shirts with it? Okay? What if Ronda Rousey is like the biggest... Mark you in know, the world. Without a, 100%. Without a doubt. And she really is getting pissed at Vince, and she's calling Vince, and she's like, dude, she was just arrested. How did they not book her? Did she pay 10% of her bail? How did she get out? Why did they let her use her phone to take pictures of herself in jail? (laughs) Oh, that would be... How are we spending the first part of the recap of Raw... Like maybe maybe WWE's onto something. We both say how much we hate Rousey. <laughs> We've literally spent the last ten minutes talking about her instead of two of the biggest things that have happened on one of the greatest Raws in recent memory. Okay, I have my head in my hands shaking because I'm so mad at myself for speaking about her for so long. But my uh, my new thing, you know, my new gimmick is my new gimmick is I completely believe that Ronda Rousey does not know wrestling is fake. I and she's really pissed at Steph, and she left the belt there, and literally was like, "Well, the belts, the belts. Wh- where were they? What city were they in? I don't even remember." Uh, not Lafayette. No, I mean they're somewhere close because I know they're going to be in PA. They're going to be in uh, Philly for Raw, and they're in Wilkes-Barre. 
Scranton for a SmackDown. So they were somewhere in the Northeast. What if she thinks like, oh man, maybe I should go back to like Iowa and get my belt because I left it in the ring there. <laughs> they, they just leave the ring up all year long. Do, do you do you think all the all the it was stadiums? Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. Okay, so maybe she thinks maybe she thinks that Atlanta always has that ring set up. And Monday when she's in Philly, she just thinks. I'm going to the Philly Wrestling Arena. You know, no, honey, that's where the Sixers play. No, there's a wrestling ring there all the time. There's no <laughs> basketball team that plays here. I'm just imagining that everything Rousey does, she is convinced that it is 100% real. Like when she was in the Fast and the Furious movies, that she <laughs> actually was fighting those people. All right, let's go to bigger and better things in Raw, and let's get off Rousey and her promos and all that stuff. Um, all right, this, this is an uh, – look, this is a real-world positive right here, right? All right, you and I both sat there in Philadelphia three years ago and booed at the top of our lungs when Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble. The character of Roman Reigns and the booking of Roman Reigns we booed. Yes. Um, which is, I've never booed a wrestler and actually really had detest for them. If I have detest <laughs> for a wrestler, I don't engage with them. I don't boo them. I don't cheer them. I sit there and look at my phone, look at my watch, look at the floor. I don't care. I'm not engaged at all. Right, because you um, don't want to give them that interaction. It's the same as when I go to local shows. If I'm booing a wrestler, I'm loving what they're doing because they're making yes. me boo them. Um, You're playing the part. Yes. Uh, Roman Reigns, when he announced that you know his leukemia came back, it was a moment that you could tell the heartbreak in him. And you and I both, I think we talked on the phone that night because I wasn't watching at the time, but obviously I'm still paying attention to all the dirt sheets and Correct. I was reading every Tuesday morning about everything. And we both had... 100% belief that this is what's going to he's going to come back bigger than ever and he does deserve it he has if you go back and watch him he has given his all in every match that he's been in and we disagree strongly with the way that he was booked and the way that he was you know given this massive push um but he stayed and fought through it the entire time, and then he left. And when he came back, you felt like, you know, I hate that when they call him it, but you felt like the big dog was back. He felt strong. He felt like he owns this company. He owns Raw. He is the main guy. And I really got that from him this time. And for him to be such a positive influence on, you know, you and I have both in our career worked with many different kids who have had leukemia and who have risen above it and battled through it. And just cancer in general, we've seen, you know, countless friends and family that have fought through it. And to see somebody on that level go through it, go through treatment when he had a flare up and come back. I just loved it. I, I think it's great. Yeah, I think the old saying goes that absence makes the heart grow fonder. 
and sometimes you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And, you know, we joked, not mean-spirited about the cancer at all, it's nothing to joke about, but we joked a little bit in the beginning that it's going to take this, something so big and so monumental to have him come back as, you know, a, a crazy face that's completely over. And part of me was like, yeah, you know what? They'll cheer him the first day, and then he'll come back later in the show, and they'll boo him again, and he'll kind of laugh about it. But people were 110% behind him. Hell, I was behind him. I had no I, – I, I don't like his in-ring style. I don't like the way that he was pushed. Uh, I don't like that it wasn't organic. I don't like that he was forced down our throats. But as a worker – as someone that grinds, as someone that gives it all day in, day out, you know, I love him. As, yeah. as, a, as a person, as a uh, wrestling superstar, I'm not a big fan. I love him within the shield because I still think his promo work needs a little bit, although he definitely looked like he was improving that night. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, you did say, uh, you know, Everybody was cheering him 110%. Sadly, though, again, I got on the internet. I'm looking around. And I don't know if you've seen all these, um, I guess they'd be smarks, sitting around saying, you know, I think this might be a whole work. That, that, you know, he, he went and filmed a movie with The Rock during it. And he did this and this. And, and four months, he, he, did, he, does, he looks fine. You know, I've seen people with cancer. What they don't understand is with leukemia, you can have flare-ups. And right. you need to treat that with um, basically cleaning the blood. And it, it's not, he doesn't need to go through chemo. He doesn't need to, you know, go through that whole process, lose his hair and all that. Um, but it's something that needs to be treated right away or else it can lead to all that stuff. So yeah, and I think it, the thing is too, it's it's not like it's an organ or a specific body part that that is targeted and it's stage four. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes, p- people are remarking because they see people in movies and maybe they don't have people in their lives that have been affected. You know, I mean, I know you have, I have, and some of those people you can't even tell that, that they have it. Some people hide it well because they don't want to put that, they don't want to bear uh, all that weight on other people as well. So it's not like it's a stage four lung cancer victim that's in a wheelchair with no hair and looks, you know, sickly. Exactly. Y- you, you can still work out. You can, I mean, that's the best thing for you to do, mm-hmm. you know, is to stay active, not run your body down to the point where it's destroyed, but stay active, stay positive. I mean, there, there's nothing better for you as well as the treatments that the doctors prescribe. Yeah. And I also think this is going to, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help out because a lot of people have that view of cancer that like, you know, if you get a cancer diagnosis or you get this or you had leukemia at a young age and it comes back that, you know, it, it's game over. Right. Where, it's fatal. Yeah. Where he's, he's here to show that like, you know, yes, that can be the case, but it can also not be the case at all. And, you know, it can be a small speed bump on your journey. Right. And I, I, I'm just, you know... It's kind. I'm kind of starting to feel towards Roman Reigns the way I felt towards John Cena. I hated him at first, and he grew on me. And the things that John Cena did outside the ring are what made me really start to fall in love with him. And 
you know, the things that Roman Reigns talked about since coming back that he wants to do are making me really, uh, really start to respect him. And hopefully his in-ring work will continue to improve and he'll just get better and better and become that giant superstar that Vince wants him to be so badly. But you yeah, already- look, I, I, I love Cena. You know, I mean, I, I wish I could see him more often. It's difficult, but, you know, I love him. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you understand? Because he puts his hand in front of his face and says, you can't see me. Oh, oh there, there we go. That there flew we go. over your head. It did. Smirks. It did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's late at night. It's late at night. Um, Understood. Understood. So, hey, talk, g- give me oh, – go ahead. With Reigns, he did come back in possibly the best possible tease that, out of a night that had some huge moments. One of the biggest teases of the night – was him and Seth Rollins coming down to the ring. Yeah, dude, that's what I was getting at. Like, I popped off like no other when that happened. Because, look, we've, we, we've read the dirt sheets. We know Dean Ambrose possibly doesn't want to work there anymore. I'm wondering if Vince was like, okay, look, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you your two actual, like, real-life best friends. And you want another run with this as the shield? Like, you want to take over the company? Do it, dude. Do it. Do whatever you guys want. Yeah, and now it just—I feel like this would hurt so much to be a six-week thing. You know, I would hate. You know, Shield reunites at Fastlane, let's say, and then goes strong for four weeks, and then WrestleMania comes and goes, and Dean Ambrose goes, and then Shield. Yeah, done. no, it's 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 got to be if they're gonna run this, they got to run it the right way, and they need to run it with Dean Ambrose under contract. Yep, I agree. Because okay, look, let, let's let's talk real quick. We'll get into you know Flair and his seventieth birthday and basically the the epitome of what happened on Raw, the big stuff. But look at it this way: you got AEW coming out of the gates swinging. You got them trademarking uh, Undertaker talks. They're they're they trademark talking with the dead man that they want to put on a series of promotional talks with the Undertaker. You got them running hand in hand with the Starcast event that we talked about two weeks ago. So you got Vince thinking like, hey, you know what? Not only is it mania, and do we need our big stars like always, but maybe we need more. Maybe this is actually Vince listening to the people for once. Yeah. Yeah. I. There's been a couple things that Vince has been, seems like he's listening to the people. I mean, look at Kofi. Do you think that was Vince McMahon saying, hey, I've given this guy nothing for 11 years. Let's finally throw him something? Or do you think he was like, wow, the fans are really about this guy. Let's hold this for Mania. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that's the case. And I'm really, truly hoping that, you know, because the most part, for the most part, the fans do a pretty decent job of backing those that work super hard and deserve a push. You know, it's not like they're all supporting like, oh, we want James Ellsworth to be WWE champ. You know, it's not, it's not like that. They're not doing stupid things. But when you have the majority of people saying the same thing, it's like, dude, give them what they want so they pay more money for it. Yeah, and he's, he, he's a businessman. He's smart. Yeah, and, you know, Now's the time that he needs to start. I know that he's looking at those SmackDown numbers especially because they're going over to Fox in October. Yes. And I know that he's looking at those numbers and he's getting a little nervous because 
yes, yes. Their, their stocks are great and everything, but their numbers aren't where he wants them to be, especially to go onto a you know, network channel. So yeah, that's I mean I mean look, that's going to give us content for months to talk about. Yeah. Um, All right, let's get to the birthday angle. Wow, right? the big, wow. the big, the big send off of Raw. And look, it wasn't even that long. It was I, only like a nine minute segment. It, I could have sat there and thought about a million scenarios that would happen. But a septuagenarian getting the crap kicked out of him in a locker room. By Batista? I would have never guessed. So let me go Ronda Rousey on you a little bit. And, like, why wasn't Batista arrested? Like, he attacked a 70-year-old man. He made him bleed. Yeah, but Where were the police? It was just to get attention, though. It was just to get Hunter's attention. I, I know, but I think he has Hunter's attention. Like, do you think he's in jail? Like, does, wouldn't it make sense if you want to get into a WrestleMania match to, like, not do that because you'll be locked up? Uh, well, no, because that was Batista. That wasn't Dave Bautista. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And they can't find Batista the wrestler, but Dave Bautista they could find. But um, Batista the wrestler, I don't, I don't think they can find him right now. Gotcha. He's so, hanging so, out with John Cena. So, <laughs> there you go. Brought it back for you. <laughs> so Batista is shown carrying, dragging, sorry, dragging a cameraman. That was my Rick favorite Flair's part of the whole thing. Locker room. That was my yeah, favorite to, part to, of the whole to thing. To make sure that it was going to be seen, he goes in, he decimates Ric Flair, he pulls out his carcass, bloody, and looks in. And, and, and look, I'm going to be I'm going to be critical. Smirks right here. Okay, this is where the promo should have ended. He should have held up Ric Flair's head, dangling, bloody taken his glasses off and looked in the camera and just said, do I have your attention now, Hunter? And drop Flair. Instead of that weird, awkward, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that was a little, uh, that, that was the only part. And the, the other thing, now this is getting nitpicky, but that's what we do here. Um, yeah. I don't remember back in the day, the camera is always lingering for an extra three to four seconds. Every time anybody cuts a promo now, I feel like their editor should just cut it three seconds earlier. Instead, it you always seems have the like awkward this. staring at each yes. other or staring yes. at the camera and them not knowing what to do. Or them walking away and the interviewer standing there looking very confused at what just happened. Yeah, there's always that weird, awkward pause phase, which I don't get. And I think sometimes the wrestlers feel like they need to fill that time in, and that's where things go awry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know that's kind of how the product's been lately. But I, I love, I love the angle. I love Batista coming back as a heel when he came back. What was it four years ago now? Yeah. Um, and they tried to put him as a face. It, certain wrestlers are natural heels, and certain wrestlers are natural faces. Correct. And Batista can never, like, that's why, you know, until this recent comeback for Roman Reigns, I always said that he should be pushed as a heel first. Because I think he would be, I think a, so I as think well. he would be a great heel. Um, but you look at, you know, a lot of wrestlers, very few can do both heel and face. Um, 
Batista's always been more natural as the bad guy. Now you could do the bad guy who's you know going against the grain, um, like kind of the uh, right the anti-hero. There we go, anti-hero. But and I think Batista can do that. But to be <coughs> that like you know clean face, no. And this it fits him so well. Um, you know he's back in the in the blue shades, the tight pants, the blue nose ring. You know, it just, it felt awesome. I, I loved seeing it. Yeah, I had I had no qualms about it whatsoever, except for, like I said, the little weirdness at the end. But what a great buildup. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Hunter versus him. I'm looking forward to there maybe being some kind of, like type of cool stipulation. Like maybe Ric Flair's in Hunter's corner and Flair becomes the deciding factor in it i would love if this was all stage and flair turns on triple h and sides with batista or something crazy like that there's so many ways they can go with it i'm predicting it's going to be a no dq match okay i don't see them having a straight up match um i see it being out of the ring more than in the ring yeah they can't carry a match anymore those two let's be honest uh, now we have two my biggest bet for this match, okay, well, I guess not for the match, but for the build-up and the match, is what tears first, Batista's pants or Triple H's chest? Easily Batista's pants. They look like they were painted on. I'm assuming Triple H will be recovered completely by that time. I find the timetable for recovery very, very quick. Yeah, I mean... Then again, remember it was only in Saudi Arabia that he did it. Yeah, it was not that long ago. But this man's torn his share of muscles, right? And also might have some type of substance which could heal muscles quickly. No, I mean I'm sure that he's completely clean. You know, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, but all in all, Raw was absolutely awesome this week. I thought. I thought it was Raw was good. Raw was was good. Um, Cut out Ronda Rousey, and Raw was amazing. Yes, yes. Um, If we just edit an hour out, which conveniently is about the time they spend on Ronda Rousey, and boom, we have a great Raw. Funny that you mentioned that, because I do edit Ronda Rousey out of my Raw viewing, and I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, I also have to say, I found a workaround for the hour and a half (coughs) Raw. Um, I've been watching Raw because I don't have cable, so I've been watching it on uh, Hulu the day after. Yeah, it's great on Hulu. It's cut down to an hour and a half. Yep. And see, I I have Hulu Live, and so I DVR it, and I just fast forward. There we go. That works, too. You know. All right, SmackDown it is. SmackDown Live this week. Yeah. Another big week. You want to talk about Charlotte? I, nope, not one bit. You want to skip to R-Truth? All right, let's skip to R-Truth. <laughs> Yo, R-Truth is single-handedly <laughs> saving the WWE. Smirks, the dude is beyond hilarious. He's my favorite character. I mean, I've always loved R-Truth, but the... Uh, uh, okay, first off, my favorite R-Truth ever. Give me... <clears throat> I'm going to ask you next what your favorite in... in uh, your favorite incarnation of R-Truth is. My favorite R-Truth incarnation was when he played oblivious R-Truth <laughs> and would just show up in random places and not know he was not supposed to be there. Like at Money in the Bank one year, I can't recall when, but he comes down to the ring, full entrance and everything, and Shane or the announcer or somebody was like, Truth, 
you're not even in this match. And all the other six guys that are in the match are looking at him and going, yeah, dude, like, you're really not in it. And he was like this. Hmm? Okay. Shrugs your shoulders and walks to the back. <laughs> dude, it was... It was without, like, without a doubt, my favorite R-Truth moment. Um, I... I I forget where I was. I, I, were we together when we were watching that? I don't know. but Probably. I was dying laughing. I mean, it was – his comedic timing was amazing. I mean, absolutely He's phenomenal. amazing. phenomenal. They should just – every minute they have booked out for Ronda Rousey or Charlotte, they should stop <laughs> and give him the mic. And just let him do the lines for them because it will be way more entertaining. Um, so he, he, he's our U.S. champ, right? Yes. And he is absolutely killing it. And if they are going to give Kofi a push for WWE champ, then before this man retires, this man needs to be the WWE heavyweight champion. Well, and then he could be just like his childhood <coughs> hero, John Cena. Yes. Now, correct Which, me if I'm wrong, R-Truth, six years older than John Cena. <laughs> yes, that's... Oh, my God, dude. I can't, like, I want to just shout at... People, if you're only watching Raw and you're not watching SmackDown, you're just record that. it. Yeah, record it and just watch the R-Truth segment. Like, like I hate Carmella, and I don't even mind Carmella because she's with R-Truth. Dude, he is hysterical. <clears throat> and, like, it doesn't feel like it just feels natural for him. <clears throat> it just feels like yeah. he's just a genuinely funny person. Yeah, I bet in real life the dude is, like, the greatest guy to hang around with. Dude, do you remember uh, Royal Rumble? I forget when it was. Uh, maybe, like, 2015, 2016. Um, he grabbed a ladder thinking it was the Money in the Bank match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and people will bitch and complain and be like, oh, they're putting him in cartoonish roles and he's not, you know, utilizing his full talent. The dude is... Is what, 47? 47? 47. 47. And moves in the ring like ricochet. Like a heavyweight ricochet. Yeah. Like Uh, the split that he does and lands that. Now look, Smirks, I have taken, you were there, I have taken a bump in a wrestling ring. Yes. And I can admit that it hurt a lot more than I thought it was going to hurt. And this man jumps up probably four or five feet in the air. I know it's not that high, but, you know, as high as he can in the air and lands a full split and pops back up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, first off, just look at he's 47 years old. Look at his body. The guy is. You think he hangs out with Triple H? Dude, I don't know. But he is (laughs) like. Dude, I'm 33, and I'm never going to look like that. So I just have to accept this guy is 14 years my senior, and there's no way that I'll ever look like that. <laughs> um, well, I believe if you uh, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and train, you might be able to look like that. Uh, that's true. Now, vitamins, you mean anabolic? Well, anabolic vitamins, yeah, my bad. <laughs> I didn't specify. <clears throat> uh, multiple times a day as well. Uh, yes. Um, all right. Now, speaking of our truth, yeah, uh, got a little traction this week on the old, got a little uh, bit little Twitterverse. What happened there? A little, 
little bit, little bit, squash match underscore pod coming through. We we tweeted out that our truth is single-handedly saving the WWE, something we personally believe. Yes. Well, our truth himself, Ron Killings, took it upon himself to retweet that to his over 1.2 million fans. And we got uh, a ton of responses, a ton of replies. People liked it. Got a ton of retweets. So not only are we putting out good content online and on the pod, but we're doing it through social media as well. So make sure you follow at squashmatch underscore pod. I mean, our truth does. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's, let's move on from our truth, even though I don't want to. Because yeah, I could talk about him for an hour positively, or I could talk well, about actually, Rousey negatively. R- real quick, though, with, let's go back to our truth real quick. Where do Fair you, enough. <laughs> where do you see him going at Mania? Hall I of have Fame. My prediction. Straight to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, he, 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 he walks out in a suit, and he <laughs> is standing there, and he's, there's a podium, and he starts saying, hey, I'd like to thank so-and-so, and someone comes out and says, what are you doing? He says, I, I'm accepting my, my Hall of Fame ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. It'll be like, what he, didn't he announce the wrong Slammy Award? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, R-Truth makes everything better You know who you should insert into the women's uh, Championship match? R-Truth <laughs> <laughs> Oh, women's tag team match? That's going to be your bathroom break? Not if R-Truth's in it <laughs> Dude, I could watch him do anything Alright, uh, I truly see him at Mania though 100% Going against his childhood hero Oh, uh, I'm 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 done. That's it. I'm watching. That's it. I'll be glued to the television if they wrestle each other. That would be incredible. I don't see how it couldn't happen. Like it seems like this is what's being built towards. Then again, we also thought that things were being built towards with Kevin Owens, and we saw that kind of panned out a little different this week. Yeah, I I, I hate to say the word panned out because they basically just. <laughs> Fizzled out, fizzled out. We'll go with. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, that was something else. What, what was the deal with that, man? I, you know what it was. Vince says uh, we got Kevin Owens and he's ready to get back and wrestle. And Triple H says, "Okay, Vince, like that's cool and all, but we don't have a spot for him. Like hell, we do. Let me show you." And then he goes out and just throws Kevin Owens in. I, the, I'm thinking that, but also is it you know Vince realizing that. You know, Kofi Daniel Bryan's going to be a good show at at Mania. Maybe I just you know I, I feel like I feel like Fastlane's going to be a, a a triple threat, and I think next week Kofi's going to work some backstage magic or the or the New Day does, and Vince comes out or somebody comes out and says, "Look, what happened to Kofi was wrong. He deserves to be in it. We're going to make it a triple threat." But if um. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Maybe maybe they make it something where it's not for the belt and then whoever wins is a number one contender. I, there's going to be something, but Kofi has to be in it. Like, how do you set him up to be in the fast lane pay-per-view and then just throw him out completely? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Makes no sense. Um, it, was very, yeah. it was a very awkward moment. It was cool to see KO back. I know you love him. I know he's one of your favorite wrestlers, but it was... I do. It was, I don't like his, that he used the stunner for the win. 
okay, I don't like that, and I don't like the fact that the announcers are like, oh, hell yeah, yeah. stealing Stone first Cold's off, line. Yeah, first off, it was a stunner. It wasn't the Stone Cold stunner. I didn't right. see any double fi- middle fingers. I didn't see nope. any uh, cans of beer chugging after. Nope. Um, if he did, what what type? Like Molson Canadian? Like oh, that yeah, type? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only, okay. <laughs> only Molson. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, I-, I love the pop-up powerbomb. I think it's a yeah, great, it's a great move. powerful move. Great move. And I, I wanted to see that. I-, I love when he, you know, my three favorite Kevin Owens moves are the pop-up powerbomb. The giant swan dive to outside, and the power bomb onto the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring. <clears throat> right, right. Um, and I just, I don't know. It, I, we'll talk about finishers later. I yeah. love the stunner, but it just didn't feel right. It just it felt also, um, when I watched it, I was like, okay, cool. They hit him with the oh, hell yeah. I said, oh, not cool. But as I've gone back and watched it, too, it was a very... Um, it, it, Kevin Owens' positioning with it was very weird. Mm-hmm. It, it, it looked like he was squished. It, it looked like it wasn't a great sell on his part. It, it looked like he wasn't comfortable using it. It didn't have that like explosiveness that Stone Cold had. And I'm not comparing the two, but the stunner should be something that's hit out of nowhere, you know? And it just, <clears throat> it didn't feel right. That's all I can say. J- to me, it just didn't feel right. I, I agree. I agree. And it, it kind of feels like, you know, let's look at the DDT. Jake the Snake took the DDT and made that into a finisher. When Jake right. Roberts put the DDT on somebody, that was the finisher. You believed it. And now it's a transition move. <clears throat> and, you know, that, that sucks. But if, you know, somebody's out there and they get hit by DDT from Jake Roberts, they're going down. And there's certain ways that you can pop something that make it look strong. And this didn't look strong. It looked like, you know, if he would have kicked out from that and then he would have done a couple other moves then hit the pop-up powerbomb, Boom. Now the match is over. It just right. felt like maybe they were running short on time, and, you know, he hit it, and they were like, okay, quick, give him three count. You know, it just didn't feel fully itself. Yeah, well, that's one of the problems with SmackDown is they're on such a hard timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> Raw is allowed that 10, 15, 17, 18 minutes sometimes overage, uh, but SmackDown is not mm-hmm. um, on on. Fox, it's not going to be either, and that's a tough thing with a live show. I remember going to, excuse me, the SmackDown show. uh, I was in Jacksonville uh, the first time the Undertaker came back after like two, three years, and everyone's looking at their watches, and it's nine fifty-four, and people are like, "What the hell? Like, where's the Undertaker? Takes them eight minutes to walk down to the ring. Like, what's going to happen?" And it was a short ramp, like 9.56, he came down to the ring, said two words, threw his fist up with Kane, and the show ended. Like, it was a complete rush job, you know? And that's one of the problems I have with SmackDown. But that's, that's, a, that's another pod. That's another show. Now, do you think, real quick, do you think when they go over to Fox, did they already say, I don't, I don't know, did they already say that they are definitely staying live? Well, no. That is a big debate. The big debate is also how long they're going to run. 
the other big debate is what what is Fox going to do with them in terms of a hard end time? Is 10 o'clock going to be it? Or are they going to give them to like 10.03, 10.04? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. sometimes there are shows that, <clears throat> there are shows that end at like 9.02. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of the way that they're filmed. So I, that's going to be interesting to see if they if they keep the same exact thing, or is WWE going to have a little bit of leverage there? Because I think it's USA that gives Raw the extra time because it's the longest running episodic biopic, you know, show on television. Yeah. And SmackDown being relatively new, and look, SmackDown is the one that has completely changed. You know, we had it on Friday nights, we had it Tuesday nights, we've had it Thursday nights before. It's been all over the place. I think the only thing it hasn't been is on Wednesday night. So it'll be interesting to see if Fox comes with a hard line and says, look, we'll give you 8 to 10, and that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go, let's go back a little bit earlier in the night. Uh, yeah, some of the other matches. We got some tag team things to discuss. Yeah. I'll let you take the first one. All right. So we've got Aleister Black and Ricochet performing on both shows. Okay. Um, do you think that's a bad thing? I don't, um, because, you know, there are some people who only watch Raw, and there are, I'm sure, some people that only watch SmackDown, Um, and it's good to get these guys' exposure to both. I do get a little nervous about having them week in, week out, wrestle, you know, in tag matches. It's going to diminish them a little bit. Um, I think they need to build the characters a little bit more for the main audience, not the... They had a little backstage vignette where Lana... Walked, walked in on them and was like, oh, you two don't look like much. And I thought Ricochet's response was good, and I thought they set Aleister Black up to fail in that. Yeah. Um, not every wrestler needs a backstage vignette to shine. Right. You know, you, did you have those same setups with Undertaker? No. Like, he was kept to be a little bit mysterious. The way that Aleister Black comes into the ring by, you know, rising up like that, let's keep him a little bit mysterious, you know, because now you see him backstage like that, and then you see him rising up to the ring, you're like, oh, it's just an entrance. Yeah, I mean, right. If I'm, like, if I'm Ronda Rousey and I believe everything is real, I'm going to myself, well... Uh, I was just talking with Alistair at catering. Like, why can't he just walk out of gorilla position like everyone else? Why does he lift up on that thing? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, okay, let, let's, let's be real for a second. You and I are both over the target audience for wrestling. Correct. The target audience is, you know, your kid's age. When I was right. your kid's age, I remember, I, I might have been a little bit older, this is probably going to be a little embarrassing to say, but I remember the brood coming up from below the ring. And Andrews I was, was phenomenal. I was convinced. <laughs> well, the, these three are actual vampires. They're rising yes. from the pits of hell right now. Right. And, I mean, I, granted, I saw Gangrel at an indie show about three years ago. He, he might still be a vampire. Um, but... I was. Uh, I'm going to debate that point and say that vampires are immortal, and so they don't age. And he, yeah, no, no, no. He was I was vampire. sitting right. He no, I think he was a vampire that he might have gotten exposed to a little too much sun, and his skin might have turned leathery and hard and <sighs> orange. 
Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say that Gangrel was not um, immortal looking when we saw him last. Is that fair? That, that is fair to say. That is fair, fair to say. Enough. However, I, they didn't have, you know, cheesy backstage segments at that time with, you know, Gangrel and Edge and Christian. I mean, Edge and Christian then later on became Edge and Christian. And, you know, then they started having the backstage segments. But while they were the brood, they were kept in this, like, mystery of these, you know, vampires that come out of a ring of fire and spit blood. And Aleister Black has that kind of cool, edgy gimmick. And then when they do things like this, it's kind of like it takes away for those younger fans who, you know, it is real to them. And they want to be sold these, you know, larger-than-life characters. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, you know, he is right now uh, one of my top three favorite wrestlers. I mean, he has been since I learned NXT signed him, and I love everything NXT did with him. I love the way they're letting him develop in ring, but so much of me says, like, why do we need to have Ricochet and Aleister Black? Because with both of them in a match... You need a match to go 20, 25 minutes just for the both of them to show their complete arsenal. Yeah. So, I, 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 again, I don't know why you're putting them together when you could spread them out and get a lot more bang for your buck. Although seeing that tag match did make me uh, yearn for a singles match between Aleister Black and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes. That would be... That I, would be phenomenal because that would be stiff as hell. It would be so stiff. They're so similar and so opposite in so many ways that I think that match would be absolutely killer. Match of the year contender without a doubt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, speaking of tag teams, we had a, an iconic tag team come back on SmackDown. Unexpected to me. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I... I I also didn't read the dirt sheets that week at all, um, so maybe I was a little bit behind the times. But the Hardy Boys, but back to being the actual the, Hardy the, the Boys. The Hardy Boys. Yeah, like, no more broken Matt. Yeah. Uh, now, he's gone on uh, Twitter and stuff saying that the broken is still inside him. He's just learned to control it. Oh, well, uh, that's, that's good. I wonder if he takes, like, Ritalin or something for that. <laughs> um, he is, like, first, he looked amazing. For the amount he lost of, some weight, yes. For the yes. amount of bumps he's taken, though, he is moving around and looking better than he has in quite a while. He looks probably about 20 pounds lighter, which I'm sure helps him in the ring, helps his bones, and he's slimmed down a little bit. We know that broken Matt Hardy likes liked, past tense, uh, to eat heavily. Yes. And, yes. you know, when he was with Bray, they were kind of building – Literally building up his body to kind of match Bray's. He always mm-hmm. wrestled with a shirt on towards the end when they were champs. And so it's nice to see him slim down a little bit and kind of come back to Matt Hardy. And, if, and I'll tell you what, if this is the way that they're going to end. If, if they're, you know, I know they signed another year on their deal. They opted into the third year on their contract, and this is the third year. Mm-hmm. But if this is the way they're going to go, let them go out the way they came. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, when I was watching in high school, that was the big time of, you know, the three, the three big guys, which was the three big tag teams, which was Hardy Boys, uh, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys. Yeah. And, you know, I loved the Hardy Boys. Dudley Boys were my, that was my guys, but uh, Hardy Boys were always guaranteed to put on a great match. And um, 
I just still can't believe that they're still going as strong as they are with everything they've done over the years. You look at how many wrestlers have been taken out by, you know, little small botches here and there. And then you look at some of those things and you look at like Jeff Hardy with the years of drug abuse and taking bumps and falls that he should have been paralyzed from. And they're still going strong. And it's just, it's impressive to watch. It's, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for a great run for their last, you know, if this is it, I'm rooting for a really entertaining, great run for them that, you know, like you said, let them go out the same way they came in. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would love for them to become tag champs one more time. And honestly, I think a fitting end for them would be to do one more big ladder match. Maybe at, uh, I don't know, let's see. When's, Maybe their, at, when's their contract up? I think it, I think it, I think they renew like right after rumble, you know, they renew like mid February. So maybe, so, maybe there's a, a ladder match. TLC's in what? November? Oh yeah, I think so. Or is TLC but in I, December I'm, now? Um, no, TLC might be December. Okay. But anyway, whatever it is, I think maybe they should have a ladder match at rumble um, against another team to put over, and they drop the belts, you know, in the ladder match. But the match ends with like both of them sitting on top of a ladder to literally a standing ovation, and the house lights go out, and that's it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> now, last thing we want to talk about with SmackDown, you're uh, you're predicting something. I am predicting something. I could be completely off on this. And I don't know why I think this, but I feel like we're starting to see maybe slightly some cracks in the New Day's foundation. And I think maybe, I don't think it's going to happen at Mania, okay? I think they're going to give us these little tidbits here and there, these little breadcrumbs. But I feel like with Kofi's uh, booking as of late and getting such a big push, and the New Day really not wrestling as a tag team as much anymore that maybe we're starting to see the start, very early start, of a New Day breakup. Look, all good things must come to an end. This is true. Um, It'd be a bummer, mainly because, look, they're pushing Kofi now. I don't know how long that's going to last for. I don't know what they're going to do with Big E. I really don't know what they're going to do with Xavier. I would hate to see it end because I think all three of them are, you know, great when they're together. I don't know how they'll be on their own. Uh, well, here, here's, here's what I think happens on their own. They're going to pick one of them to push. Now, six months ago, I would have thought it would be Big E, right? Mm-hmm. He fits Vince's mold. I think they push Kofi. He wins a belt. I think Big E and, you know, Woods become a tag team just by themselves, maybe under a different name, maybe they're still the New Day. They win the belts. Eventually they break up, and Woods becomes a mid-carder, Big E becomes a mid-carder, and Kofi's relegated to maybe upper mid-card if that, but he'll be retired. Yeah. You know? This is the best thing that ever happened to the three of them. They will tell you that as individuals. They're, I think, I could be wrong, but they have to be close to the longest-running tag team in history. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Who would be even... I mean, then you got to go into the, are they technically a tag team? Yeah, they are, because they're being billed as that, you know? Yeah. 
But I mean, as far as a stable goes, they're they're the I can't think of a longer running stable than them. Oh no. No, I mean evolution lasted a decently long time. Like I guess the four horsemen, but not in their original incarnation. No. No. So it's uh, it's been great to watch them. I I would be fine if they kept going, but uh, if we, if it's a new day breakup, then it's a new day breakup. And if it's a new day breakup, then it truly is a new day. It's a new day. Yes, it is. All right. Well, you, you look real quick on that. Uh, they are one of the top three merch sellers in the company. So as long as they are, they're not going anywhere. Let's be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, so top three, that puts, what, Reigns and Cena ahead of them? I don't know if it's Reigns anymore. Um, last I read, it was Cena and Rollins Ah, as the, as the top two. Okay. You know? All right. Now let's, let's move into... Some other news. Uh, yeah. Velveteen Dream. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you got to tell me about him. All right. Uh, like so, I told you, I haven't been watching NXT, so sell me on Velveteen Dream. Why is he all right, so, deserving of this? Okay. First off, he's D-R-E-A-M. Velveteen Dream, baby. Okay, that's all you need to know. What else do you need to know about Velveteen Dream? He's a man, baby. He's like half prince, but with more muscles. He's like a smooth moonwalking Michael Jackson without kitty touching. He's like a jacked version of Booker T without cursing. You understand? That's the Velveteen Dream right there, baby. That's straight off the dome piece. You understand where I'm at? I love it. He is your new NXT North American champ. Look, Velveteen Dream debuted. I'm going to go with... A year and a half ago, but it's probably... Yeah, a year and a half ago, I'm going to say. Um, you know, I, I'm awful with dates and timelines. But as soon as he came in, he wrestled... Uh, gosh, one of his first matches was against, like, uh, Wolf um, uh, from Sanity. I can't remember the guy. Alexander Wolf. And I saw him, and I was like, oh, okay, WWE is doing um, LGBTQ character. And then I said, no, he, he's not. But is he? Was he? I wasn't sure. But it made me want to know more about Dream. Then he got on the mic, and the dude is gold. And then he's in the ring, and the dude is gold. He's got a look. His finisher is Macho Man's elbow, but twice as high. I mean, wow. I've seen him, I've seen him run 45 minutes with Johnny Gargano. Uh, that's who he actually beat for the NXT North American Championship on last Wednesday's episode of NXT. And I've seen him have squash matches. Shout out to our podcast. I've seen him go brawler style. I've seen him go high flyer style against Ricochet. He was at halftime heat of the Super Bowl, you know, with Ricochet and Aleister Black. He's been instrumental to all their storylines. And the minute that they let Ciampa drop the belt, I wouldn't be surprised if he holds both the North American Championship and the NXT Championship. He is, for all intents and purposes, NXT right now. He is their big dog. Well, speaking of Ciampa, is he going to be able to drop the belt? I mean, there, there's some news there. Yeah, there is. So the, the news is that Ciampa possibly got injured at a house show. It's the reason why you haven't seen him and Gargano wrestling with each other on Raw. It's also the same reason why Aleister Black and Ricochet have been bouncing back and forth to both Raw and SmackDown. 
Um, they're gonna if if he can't go, they're gonna have to create some sort of storyline, like they did with Daniel Bryan when he came to the ring, like they did with Finn Balor with the Universal Championship. Say, look, I have to drop it. You know, yeah. I would like if they turn it into a work, and have him talk about how, you know, I loved NXT in the beginning. But I hate what Triple H has done with it. I'm on to bigger and better things. I'm with Vince now. This title means nothing to me. NXT is trash. And goes like old NWO style and throws the belt in the garbage can. You know? That would be something. Um, and then you have... I don't want a tournament in NXT because they've done that, quite honestly, a, a bit. Too much lately. Uh-huh. Every every pay-per-view is a tournament. Um, but I would like... I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think I would like maybe Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream to duke it out. Maybe and uh, maybe Velveteen Dream drops drops the North American Championship, and him and Matt Riddle go at it. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go, but it does not look like Ciampa's going to be wrestling anytime soon. Now I don't know if you saw this news, um, but used to be in the WWE as Adrian Neville. Um, but Pac uh, was wrestling. Did you see this footage or no? Yeah, I, I saw the video, dude. Uh, and it is, first off, let's give a little backstory to a previous injury of the same kind. Um, if you remember, it was Sinkara, I believe, uh, broke his finger in the middle of a match and quickly quit the match. Uh, yes. Made the ref put up the red or the uh, X hands. Um, which I just did it by myself with nobody looking at me. Um, and uh, everybody got on him about, you know, he wasn't very tough. And that was just a slight finger break. Now, uh, I'm just going to keep calling him Adrian Neville. Uh, he dislocated his finger. And when I say dislocated his finger, I mean it was bent 90 degrees the other way. Looked at the ref, looked at his hand. Looked at the ref, popped it back in, and then continued the match and made no mention of it for the rest of the match. I am going to tell you something. Now, I know you've seen my right hand and my pinky, which goes in a myriad of directions. And I have had that happen three times, but only one time was it dislocated 90 degrees backwards. And someone popped it in for me. The pain was immense. I couldn't look. I had them pop it in taped it, iced it, headed right to the hospital, okay? Was in the hospital, like, within a matter of 10 minutes. This man did it by himself and finished a match. And if you know Adrian Neville's style, it is high-flying. It's all over the place. He needs his hands to wrestle. Yes. To wrestle and to protect himself and the person he's wrestling. Yeah, it was, I mean, a sheer feat of strength as well as intestinal fortitude. There we go. I, I, it's, we love the fact that these wrestlers do put their bodies on the line to entertain us. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here as the person who's also sat at you know indie shows and screamed, make him bleed, make him bleed. Very uh, true. But... I respect so much that they put their bodies on the line for entertainment. And to see somebody with that toughness who, you know, if you were to ask me to name the top 10 toughest wrestlers, I would never even think of naming him. 
But after right. seeing that and seeing his reaction, or not even really a reaction, his acknowledgement of it, and then just moving right past it, I mean, that was amazing toughness, and that's what he... It was not part of the storyline, so it was not part of the match, so he just put it back in and just kept going. And it was great. It was great to see that. Yeah, it was very... I, I mean, you know, awful to see. It's like... Um Sid Vicious's leg break. Oof. You know, I can't even Oof. watch that anymore. That is but. one of the worst to watch. <clears throat> hey, you, th- you think if that happened to Neville, he'd just pop that back in? I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if that one's popping back in. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, to this day, one of the... Uh, I don't know whose idea it was. Like, hey, just, you know, do the big boot off the top rope. Okay. Yeah, and uh, land on one foot two. You 315-pound, six-foot-five behemoth. Land on one foot from six feet in the air. Dude, it was so... I, I'm visualizing it right now. There's something... I can watch, you know, the... I'll, I, I can watch on repeat the uh, chair shot that Eddie Guerrero takes, and then he blades himself oh. too deep and starts pouring oh. blood everywhere. That doesn't that bother me at bad. all. I mean, it's bad. There's so much blood. Doesn't bother me, but seeing a body part pointing in a direction it's not supposed to point in, it just does it to me. I, I every yeah. time it, it is the worst thing. They're always tough to watch, always. But uh, he's a champ. Popped it right back in and kept going. Yeah. So I know you don't want to talk about uh, the movie that's out right now. So that's no. But it's getting really good reviews. It's getting a lot of uh, popularity. And it's well, led I think to stupid uh, people are watching it. That's why. It's well, it's led to a uh, a new movie coming out that uh, they just cast Hulk Hogan for. Well, they didn't cast Hulk Hogan. They yeah, cast the person who's playing Hulk Hogan. Well, they should have just cast Hulk Hogan. Let's be honest. Right, okay, be. this is going to be a good movie because Hulk Hogan actually wrestled for a long period of time, unlike some goth brood chick who wrestled for like five years then got surgery on every body part and looks like a half-deflated, half-inflated balloon. No, but this, that, but it's her house. It's her house, P. Listen, I'm going to break my computer. <laughs> okay? I'm going to go full Ronda Rousey on you and say, how can it be her house if Vince pays the bills? Because it's her house. She it yells can't it. be. But no, no, she yells it. Yeah, but just because you yell louder than someone doesn't make you right. Mm, I don't know about that. Who anyway. cleans all the dishes? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we started this off by talking about how we're real Americans. And who do you get? I'm a real American because I fight for the rights of every man. And don't do make you, me sing again. I, no, I do not want to do that. But who do you get to play the realest of Americans? <laughs> An Australian. I was going to say the Asgardian uh, Thunder God, but okay. I mean, Asgardian, Australian, uh, whatever. They both sound made up to me. Anyway, Chris Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan in the new biopic. Now, I love Chris Hemsworth as Thor. I think he's awesome. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Marvel movies. I think he's perfect in that. But playing Hulk Hogan... I mean, I get it. He's an actor. But it's like somebody who's not British playing James Bond. Like, Hulk Hogan's entrance music is, I am a real American. So you can, 
Well, and, go ahead, sing it. We got enough money. We, we can we can pay the, the uh, fine. We want people to listen. If I start singing, <laughs> nobody's listening. But now, why? There, you're telling me there's not a single person in America who could have played Hulk Hogan. There's not. I, I, how do you feel about this? I'm fine. I'm cool with it. I love Hulk Hogan. This is going to be a good movie. I'm going to watch it. Um, how far into Hulk Hogan's background is this movie going? I don't know. And how current are they going with it? Like, ah, I guess this is another one my kids will not be watching. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to see them with you know Hulk Hogan's friend's wife when they were hanging out making videos. Nope. You, nor do no. I want to see him talk about Brooke's boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting movie. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, I wonder when it will be released. I don't know. I, I wonder if WWE's behind it. Like, do they, no, they, no. This is completely not supported by them, or I, I, I think it will not be supported. How That's much? My, how much can they show then? Like, how much of the WWE branding are they going to be allowed to show? Um, well, that's a great point. Okay, maybe WWE will be involved. So, you but know, if it is, then it's going to be sanitized over. You know, it's going to be glossed over. I don't think we're getting a true story of Hulk Hogan. You think we're getting a true story of Hulk Hogan, not Terry Bollea? Exactly. Okay. okay. Exactly. Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, as, as we wait for that movie to be released, let's <laughs> oh, talk about segue. <laughs> let's talk about some people who have been released. Smirks, roll call time. Uh wow. Um, Hideo Itami, gone. gone. Uh, Ty Dillinger, gone. TJP, <laughs> gone. Arn Anderson, gone. <laughs> Just, it was ridiculous. I mean, four in a matter of like three days. I mean, you and I both were sitting there watching the Rumble, and we saw uh, Hideo Tommy, or if you know Miss Kenta, yep. we saw him come out, and we both looked at each other and were like, oof, he does not look good. He looked like Matt Hardy had just eaten Bray Wyatt. He, I, I mean, I, I think they might have pulled him aside and been like, yo, you know, we have a lot of Asian wrestlers right now. We got to do something different. That aren't fat. Yeah, like, let's start to push you Yokozuna style. And he was like, okay, <laughs> let, let, me, let me start to work on this. And then he just wasn't working on it fast enough, so they got rid of him. Yeah. He, he did not look great, um, which is a shame because when he came in, I was so excited for him because I, I followed him on the indie scene. And then he got hurt and then just kind of fizzled out and then was there at the Rumble and didn't look great and now is gone. Yeah, when he came in, he came in in that full dress suit looking like Yakuza from Japan. And the injury, he just never came back from it. I feel like the Rumble, they just threw him a bone and were like, hey, uh, we're going to put you in there. We're releasing you. What's funny to mention, too, is WWE does not fire anybody anymore, just so you know. People are released. Oh, yeah, they're released. Yeah. Um, you know, he did not look like a perfect 10. But no. you know who does look like a perfect 10? 
but it's still released. Ty Dillinger. How do you feel about that one? Um, I think out of the – so I was going to ask you which out of the four is most surprised and which do you think was the least surprising. Obviously, I think we both agree Hideo Tommy was the most uh, – the least surprising. I like agree. We knew he was going to go. Yeah. So Ty Dillinger, I think, came in with a great reaction. I think he was great in NXT. Never held an NXT belt, though, and was called right up. Uh, my, my problem with Ty Dillinger was the fact that I think he was actually asking – for his release because he was, he was so kind of dis- kind of just disenfranchised with the WWE and what they were giving him, which was ab- absolutely nothing. I mean, he was doing squash matches and jobbers, jobbers jobs to uh, people at house shows, and there was nothing really going on. And, and I understand. I mean, there's only so, so so many hours to go around, so he probably, I bet you, he probably gets the best next phase of his career out of this deal. Yeah, I mean, we'll see where he goes from here. Uh, whether he goes AEW, whether he goes um, New Japan, well, uh, he, he has plenty of years left in wrestling. Oh, he yeah, at least ten. Um, so I mean, so does TJP. That's another odd case. He was the first ever two hundred five live champ. He was um, like a Japanimation anime cartoonish video game character. That's what they mm-hmm. build him as because he was high-flying and flippy. His music kind of played along with it. Then we see him come out, uh, what, just like two weeks ago or so, three, four weeks ago maybe at most, and he's all like tatted up now and everything looks different. And I guess they tried rebranding him and it didn't work. And after he lost his belt to, oh, shoot, the little guy, uh, on 205 Live, Brian Kendricks. After he lost his belt to him and they were done with that feud, like he just petered out. He was done. Yeah. Uh, but by for me, without a doubt, the most surprising. Yeah, Anderson. I agree. I agree. I mean, I I didn't see that coming. Um, some of the dirt sheets I read on it were that, um, and this will get into the next thing of who was hired, but that uh, Vince was sick of getting pushback from him and that Arn Anderson wasn't the yes man. Yeah, it seemed like he had a ton of respect from the wrestlers, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, if you, if you know the NFL or NBA, they'll talk about uh, players coach, right? He seemed like he was really like a players coach, and Vince just did not approve of that whatsoever because it has to be Vince's way. Yes. And um, so he got rid of Arn Anderson, and who did he hire? I love you. Brother love is back, baby. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about this one. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. I'm just going to wait and see. Yeah, I'm Uh, completely indifferent. It doesn't bother me. I don't hate it. It's whatever. Yeah. I mean, it might be one of the best things to happen. It might be one of the worst. Who knows? Um, Bruce Pritchard has had great times as being a producer uh, then you know he's done some not so great things so yeah it's it's kind of just let's wait and see let's wait and see is he going to be just vince's yes man or is he going to you know i i think they need to bring in somebody that's going to you know keep vince in check sometimes yeah i don't think there's anybody but triple a to do that honestly yeah 
But, I mean, I did just see, because um, there's been a lot of talk with, you know, Undertaker lately. Um, I actually just watched an interview with him where, out of character, uh, which is very rare for, uh, you know, I got to see Mark Calloway talk. Um, right. And he actually, and this was just recorded about a week ago, I think, he actually put Vince over in it and said how much respect he has for him and how, you know, he's changed the business to be safer for the wrestlers and really talked highly of Vince. And it was filmed at about the same time that apparently there was some drama going on with the two of them. So <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes right now, but it seems like there is some changes happening. Very um, interesting. Now, speaking of, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, Hideo Itami, the injury kind of, taking him out. It's going to lead us into our Monday Morning Bookers segment. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of injuries in wrestling lately. Uh, and it kind of comes with the new work style of wrestlers. You know, they're, they're not just going crazy at, you know, pay-per-views anymore. Raws, SmackDowns, house shows. They're going from the top rope every single match. They're going, you know out of the ring every single match and with working the body that hard there's going to be injury and just you know fatigue on the body so a lot of people have suggested creating a season instead of having you know wwe 365 days a year having it be how the nfl is how the nba is how the mlb is uh, all you know, major sports have a season, and there's been talk of creating a season style WWE. Would it work? And how would you do it if you were to do that? So what I would do is this: I'm creating two, uh, let's call them leagues, if you will. I don't want to call them Raw and SmackDown, and I'm going to have them work nine months out of the year or whatever it is but let's just say nine months okay and this is how i'm going to run it i'm going to have one group run from january to about september okay okay that's nine months and then i'm going to have another group overlap that and they're going to run something like march through december okay and then all the big-time pay-per-views are going to occur when the two groups are overlapping. But it's going to give each group three months off at a time. Okay. So you would still keep, you know, the, the big four, obviously, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, uh, Rumble, and WrestleMania when they're overlapping. Yes. And then, you know bury the fast lanes and uh yeah like those would get like you pick two or each group would have three of their own pay-per-views okay you know what i mean because of the of the three months that the other team has off and then i would try to make it as fair as possible i know that's not possible at all um but i just don't think if you kept the whole entire crew together that you have enough time to build people up. Like this way, in the three months that the one crew is running by themselves, they have the ability to boost these little guys up the card and give people an idea of who they are. I would, uh, I would actually do similar, but not fully. I agree with the nine-month, three-month off. However, I would do it nine-month, three-month 
completely off. Um, okay. Pull everything. That gives you time to, you know, you want to film a WWE movie or you want to do something else or you just want to rest. It gives you those three months and it also gives the viewing audience three months to want it again. You know, I yes. can walk away from wrestling every, you know, year, like every couple of years and come back to it because I know it's going to be there. And so I don't have that burning desire to watch it where, you know, I'm also a huge, like I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. When it gets close to the end of the season, I start, you know, trying to watch every possible game because I know that in a couple of weeks, I don't get that anymore. So right. I would have it, you know, end at WrestleMania every year. And then I would take, so WrestleMania is beginning of April. I would take the rest of April. I would take May. I would take June off. In July, you start up again. You build up storylines over a month. You do not have a pay-per-view before it. And then you start off the big pay-per-views with SummerSlam. And then because how many buys are they getting for pay-per-views anymore? You know, now that everything's on the network. I would love to see those numbers. I can't imagine there being... I mean, the only thing I think people would buy would be Mania. And that's like 70 bucks now if you want to watch it in HD. Which, why would you do that? I don't know. You could literally get the network for nine ninety nine, or, or you can just get it for free that month. Yeah. So I mean, I have a good buddy Devin who, I think he's on his like thirty fifth subscription to WWE Network because he just keeps creating an email and getting a new one. Not that I'm advertising to do that. Um, I I just paid my first bill, my first nine ninety nine, um, but uh, I I just. I don't think they need to have 12 pay-per-views, and I think by giving them a little bit of rest, it will make WrestleMania that much bigger because that night ends, and it's like when the Super Bowl ends. Like, yeah. It's a culmination of the year. And well, okay, let me interrupt real quick. It's not, though, because the Raw and SmackDown after Mania are the two best of the year. I agree. How great would that Raw and SmackDown be if you had to wait three months? If, if it, something it, happened it, it, at Mania... And, and now they take, you know, just because it's not on every week, we live in a digital world now. You can tell storylines. Look at what Becky and I hate no, to go I back to that. No, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that. But, no, but look at it, though. Look at how they're able to sell the storyline without using TV at all. And so they can build up these storylines and continue something over the break, but they don't have to be there every week, and it gives them a chance to rest. And then they come back, and that Raw and SmackDown are just massive. Yeah, and but you've, they, gotta, you've got to show, because that's the problem with these big pay-per-views nowadays, is nothing ends on the pay-per-view. It's always being held over to the next night. So maybe with your way, maybe stuff does end at the pay-per-view. Maybe things are settled yeah. at, at Mania, and then, and then new things occur on the next Monday and Tuesday, whenever that may be. Yeah, like, and it gives you completion to storylines, and it gives you something to build to, and it gives, you know, WrestleMania, they always say, is their Super Bowl. <clears throat> Let's make it the Super Bowl. Let's make it where that wraps up the story, like a season of TV. That, you know, that last episode wraps up everything that's going on in the season. And yes, maybe there's a cliffhanger or something like that to keep you interested. But the the main storyline is wrapped up. And 
I think that would be uh, a cool way to do it. Would that ever uh, happen? No. No. Because no. then Raw does not become the longest-running weekly episodic television show on cable TV in history. Well, I mean, it already is that, and it's already that by, like, a thousand episodes or something. So doesn't matter, dude. Something could break it. Maybe Ronda Rousey's new reality show <laughs> called I Hate Ronda. Uh, is that your reality show? That's my real life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you hate more? Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Or Paige's movie. If you had to sit and watch two hours of Ronda Rousey promos. It's easy. Ronda Rousey. It's not even a question. You'd rather watch that than Paige's movie? Yeah. I'm going Paige's movie. You're One full. reason. One no, reason. What? what? Why? If The Rock's in it for five seconds... Already better than anything that Ronda Rousey's ever done. Dude, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't want to watch Ronda Rousey. Oh. I'd rather watch Paige. Okay. Okay. And I hate her. That, that is true. But I hate Ronda Rousey. All, All right. right. Let's, move, let's move up the ranks. Let's move up the ranks. Finishers this week. So you want to start with best or worst? Uh, let's start with worst. Okay. Because I, I, I don't want to talk about the worst ones because they suck. All right. So we'll see. We might disagree. We might agree. Um, Let's go back and forth. You throw one out. I'll throw one out. Okay. Worst finishers. Uh, Bailey to belly suplex. <laughs> that sucks. She I, sucks too. I, I like her. I want to like her. You know, I like the positive aspect of her, but God, that finisher. It's a belly to belly suplex. <laughs> like, yeah. My well, actually, it's a Bailey to belly suplex. If you want to get specific, okay, you, you are correct. Um, literally, my two-year-old daughter. I've seen her do that to my son. Does he kick out of the finisher? Uh, he does. Of course, he does. Uh, he's got to sell it better. No, 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 no. It's a belly to belly suplex. Fair enough. You don't. You, that's not a finisher. Fair enough. <laughs> that's a belly to belly suplex. <laughs> Uh, that, that's one of mine. What about you? What's, what's mine, your first? No, my, well, I don't have them in any particular order, but my first one that I wrote down was the mandible claw. I'm going to fight you next time I see you. Like, because I want you to know that I am going to pull a sock out of my groin, I'm going to put it over my hand, and I'm going to shove it into your mouth. And well, then you'll see if you think it's a bad finisher or not. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. It'll just bite you. Uh, like, no. that's why it sucks. You just bite the dude's hand, and you get out of it. Uh, you can't because he's pushing against your mandible, okay? You bite down with your top teeth. No, it doesn't work And if you're gangrel, then you sink those big incisors into him. That's true. You suck a little blood, get a little bit more energy, and then you go. So sticking your hand in another man's mouth is not a finisher. Go ahead, give me your second one. I I, want to let you know that I strongly disagree with you. That is fine. Uh, my next one is very similar to the mandible claw, but way stupider. Santino's Cobra. <laughs> the thing is, okay, I get it. You're a gimmick wrestler. You know, you're a fun guy. You got this weird finisher with a Cobra on your hand that, oh, it's come to life. But actual wrestlers had to go against this and act like it was something. Like, it, it's awful. It's so cartoony and dumb. And if you want to do that in, like, a cartoon match, cool. Have fun with it. But then they tried to make it seem like it was legit. And it was awful. 
I, I like how they would, without a doubt, stay in character and give him that, you know, snake, and he always had it. Um, can you just explain to me the difference between the two? What's that? The, the difference between the co- why you hate the cobra, but you like the mandible claw. Okay. First off, the Mandible Claw started before Mr. Sacco and was had a, had a legit... Yes, could you bite down on it? Yes, but it, it looked like he's suffocating you slash, you know, pulling down you. It looked intense. The cobra. So you think that's better than, like, the quick strike? A thousand percent. That's okay, not even just, possible for something to be over a hundred percent, and this is a thousand percent. Okay, okay. I, I don't even understand how you can... Even think that they're on the same level. Well, they both put socks on their hands, so I'll just bite them. Let's go to your second one before I try to figure out a way to jump through the computer and punch you square in the face. I would like to see that. I'll just pull my sock off my my foot and put it on my arm and obviously shove it in your throat. Uh, First off, sock from your foot doesn't do anything. It needs to be from your sweaty crotch. That's the Fair way enough. That, I will put it in there he does it. while you're trying to maneuver through the computer. <laughs> but what I might hit you with is my second worst finisher, and that is the Big Show's KO Punch. Oh, God, it's so boring. Because the Big Show has repeatedly punched you throughout the match, and he just decides that this punch is the KO Punch, and you get knocked out. Yeah. yeah. But every other punch was not the KO Punch, so you're still around. And like, okay, I'm not a fan of the Superman punch that Reigns does. But at least with that, he's doing something more than just a regular punch. He's jumping up in the air. You There's know. some athleticism to it. Yeah, he also obviously turns his hand into a shotgun by the way he cocks it. Um, this but, is true. But like the Big Show's KO punch is, and then everybody has to sell it like they're just completely knocked unconscious from this one very slow punch to their head. Right, right. Because obviously, with with Big Show's size hand, you can't punch him full force because you would take his head off. All right. Now, I, because you didn't follow the rules and uh, write your list separately, I'm actually... because I would have forgotten them. I'm actually looking at your list right now. And And you want to steal it. Steal the last one. Oh, no, I'm not stealing it. We both have the same number one. The worst finisher. You tell them. Scotty, too hottie. The worm. <coughs> Awful. Awful. I'm going to tell you a funny story. That you used to dress like Scotty Too Hotty? Did not. <laughs> but for one of my birthdays, when WWF New York was still around, my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, used to go to WWF New York a lot. We used to go there after ECW pay-per-views. We'd go there usually once a month for dinner. Sometimes we watched pay-per-views there. And for one of my birthdays, she got us a private seating area with three or four of my buddies, her and myself. And the WWF used to allow wrestlers to come that weren't wrestling that week out on the road. And the one time during my birthday, it was Scotty Too Hotty of Too Cool and Grandmaster Sexay. <laughs> and they did their little stick, came now, around. Is this, the, is this the time that Rikishi was with them or no? No, Rikishi was not. He would, they were just the regular old tag team. 
so they hadn't had him come in yet and do his whole shtick with them. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they were cool guys. They were real nice. And uh, they spent, like, you know, maybe 10 seconds with each table or whatnot. And we had our little private area and stuff, and they came over. But they, I saw the worm very up close. And, and, and I will tell you what, it was not intimidating. No? No. no. And, and his... And so a, a frog splash or a five-star splash from a, a high uh, altitude will create a lot of force to hurt your opponent. But doing a splash from a half-crouched position will not. Yeah. And look, I'm all for if you have a good setup, you know, you, you look at some of the most ridiculous setups of all time, whether it's the five-knuckle shuffle or people's elbow. People's elbow. At least they end with something. I mean, the five-knuckle shuffle really doesn't. But the worm was just such a long setup for the least payoff out of anything. Do you remember when he used to do, in the beginning, he used to go, whoo, 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 with his arms? Yeah. And then it turned into the the crowd spelling out worm. (laughs) Towards the end, they used to go, W-O-R-M. And then he would do his little splash. Yes. Yep, it was awful. All right, well, uh, those all suck. Yeah. So three best finishers. Yeah. Um, I got my number one is was performed poorly this week, uh, but is can come out of nowhere. See, the, real quick before I go into what a good finisher is, is a move that has a little bit of setup to it, you, you feel the impact of, okay, this is it. This is their finisher. And then it hits it with power. And one of the ones that cannot be replicated, no matter who tries to do it, whether you know John Cena tries to do it as a springboard or Kevin Owens does it as he did this week, but Stone Cold Steve Austin hitting the stunner. Mm-hmm. It is a thing of beauty. I mean, when I was a kid... I would watch that on repeat. Every one of my friends got stunnered. Uh, it, it was the greatest thing, you know, to to do. It was a move that everybody could attempt, and you know, with any you know a little bit of athletic ability, you could do it with your friends, and it was so much fun. And it's always fun to watch somebody get stunned. I love the Stone Cold Stunner. It is terrific. It is also on my list. Um, I love it not as much as some of the others, but it was new, it was different, and depending on who he wrestled, the way that they sold it, I mean, just made it. Like, The Rock would sell it better than anybody in the world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He would pop up 30 feet in the air after getting stunned. Yep. All right, so what is your... uh well, that, that was your number one then, because you said well, you had that, that on your that list. Well, that was my number. That was my number two. I'm gonna go reverse order, but you already took that one. So the Macho Man elbow off the top rope, I think, is iconic. Thing of I beauty. think it is is something that a lot of people have done. I mean, like right now alone, uh, Bailey does it, Kari Sang does it, um, Velveteen Dream does it. I think there's one other person I'm missing right now that does it as well. Can I get your best Macho Man impression real quick? 
Macho man Randy Savage, listen smirks, I'm going off the top rope right now, coming through your internet, interweb, you heard brother, ooh yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, so that's a great one, you know, and it's iconic too, I mean, every single person knows the Macho Man elbow, kids know it. I'll tell you what, when he passed, I actually saved this picture, someone made a meme and it was in black and white, and Nike did an ad that was the Nike symbol with some athlete. I can't remember who it was, and it said, like, we're all something or other, whatever their catchphrase was at the time. Well, they had Macho Man with, I don't, maybe it was the Nike symbol, I'm not sure, but it was him coming off the top rope with an elbow, and underneath it, it said, we're all savages. And the, and somebody did that on the internet like the day that he had passed away. I thought it was pretty neat. That, yeah, I mean that that's a, just a great move. I just pulled it up right now. I just looked it up. That is a great picture. Oh, the Macho Man. What I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he sold that elbow coming down like it was. I mean, it was great. It was oh, great. dude, it's terrific. Uh, my number two goes to my favorite wrestler of all time. Little sweet chin music. Okay. You know, yep. yeah, yes. Great, he started the super kick phenomenon. He started the super kick phenomenon. And, you know, super kicks, they're used all over. And the reason is because they look freaking awesome. Yeah. And, but when he walks into the corner and starts stomping that foot, it's just it's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. And then I've watched so much wrestling. I know he slaps his leg when he connects. And that's what makes that big pop. It's still every time I'm like, wow, he he nailed him. He hit him right in the face. That guy's dead. He he kicked his jaw <laughs> off his face. Uh, it, it is. I don't know what it is about it. I love that so much. Yet it still didn't get my number one spot. But uh, sweet chin music is my number two. Very cool. Very cool. I'm gonna go a different route for my number one spot, and I'm gonna take it out of the E. And I'm going to take it to the small screen. I'm going to take it to the indies. I'm going to take it to the house shows. And that's my man Jay Lethal with the Lethal Injection. Ooh. Now, a lot of people may not have seen this before. Okay, so do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and realize that there's more to Wrestling World than the WWE. So Jay Lethal basically does uh, a handstand springboard off the ropes back jumps into a flying RKO and that is the lethal injection. That's awesome. Bullet Club's own Jay Lethal. I, I like that you brought it out of the WWE. I, I, I almost went out for one of mine but I stayed in for all three of mine but I like that you brought it out. Um, for me, I had to go the ultimate uh, finisher in my mind, the one that you know once it's hit, it's it, it's one of the last true finishers. You almost never see anybody kick out of it. Um, it's when somebody does kick out of it, it is a huge moment, which is the Tombstone pile driver. Mm. You know when when Undertaker has him, turns him upside down, does the throat slit, and then drops him. That's a finisher. No, that's a great call. You that's know. a that's a. I, 
I think our I think our lists are very strong at the top. I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that would say any of our three do not belong on that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, now we're gonna change something up this week. We're gonna change. I don't like di- change. I know, and you're really not gonna like this change because it is changing to your favorite segment. Your favorite segment is who you hated this week. I love that. And you know what? It got brought up to me by some listeners that were too negative. So, P, the hate runs deep in you. And yeah. I, I don't want to take that away. I want you Thank to hate. You. I appreciate that. But I, I'm going to show some love. Uh, so, I'm going to oh, say man. who I love this week. And you can say who you hate. I like this. You know, we got to give it a little little uh, honey to that vinegar. You know what I'm mm. saying? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and honestly, this week, there was a lot to love. I mean, I think Raw and SmackDown this week were two outstanding shows. Um, they're building to the worst pay-per-view of the year. But <laughs> they, were, they were really good shows. Um, Are we going to have like a six-hour pod after Mania just hating on everything that we hated? <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to be talking about all the things I loved, okay? Because I'm, I'm Mr. Positivity now. You're, are you Brother Love? I'm, I'm Brother Love. <laughs> uh, the, honestly, the thing I love this week is the clip of, and I, I don't know why I loved it so much, but the clip of Adrian Neville snapping his finger back in. To see somebody who... You know, there, there's an old story about, um, t- I don't know if you heard about Tommy Dreamer when he wanted to, uh, he tried to option to Vince to lose some of his fingers in a pay-per-view. Uh, I have not heard that. And yeah. I have, I have peed next to Tommy Dreamer. He didn't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I would think that'd be the first conversation as he's peeing next to somebody. <laughs> Baker talking about fingers. Um, yeah, apparently he he optioned events like you know give me give me some money and I'll, I'll lose my fingers in a in a pay per view, and it, it's that there's I mean Tommy Dreamer doesn't need to do that. If you're a fan of Tommy Dreamer, you are a fan of Tommy Dreamer no matter what, and it's just knowing that these guys will go out there and put their bodies on the line for us every week is just. It, it, there's something that's refreshing about that. And so seeing him snap his finger back in and continue the match, he's got to get all my love this week because that's what a man does, that's what an entertainer does, and that's what a true wrestler does. Um, so uh, Pack Neville, whatever you want to call him, he gets all my love this week. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't hate that you're giving him love. What do I you just, hate? What? <laughs> it's very simple. I've said it numerous times, and I will continue to say it until she's fired. I hate Ronda Rousey. <laughs> Can this just be an ongoing segment, like, instead of... It's not a segment, okay? This is my real life. I live this every freaking day, okay? It's not a gimmick. I literally hate Ronda Rousey. <laughs> every week, are, are we going to do a new Who You Hated, or is it just going to stay Rousey? No, it's going to be Ronda Rousey. 
So, like, when you ask me next week, P, who do you hate? I gave love. Who do you hate? Ronda Rousey. And then in three weeks, P, I just gave love to Roman Reigns beating Luke Hebert. That's awesome. I hate Ronda Rousey. We might need to get, like, a second person you hate after a little bit. I don't, I don't know if people keep tuning in to hear how much okay. you hate Ronda you want Rousey. Okay, you want a second person? Sure. I, the, pe- the people would like a second person then? <laughs> uh, yes. L- let me see if I'm predicting who it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Ronda Rousey's husband. <laughs> All right. Are you going to hate her future kid too? <laughs> no, but you know who else I hate? Who? Ronda Rousey's mom and dad for making Ronda Rousey. I hate Vince for hiring Ronda Rousey. I hate Becky Lynch for being in a program with Ronda Rousey. I hate Dana White for telling the refs to stop matches early before Ronda Rousey got infinitely hurt and couldn't be in the WWE. Hate him too. Man, you really love Ronda Rousey. That's not the segment. I think um, I think I might need to get you a Ronda Rousey shirt. Listen. Right. I know you're planning something for when you come over for WrestleMania. If it is a Ronda Rousey anything, I will in turn hate you too. Uh, how much would I have to pay you for you to get Ronda Rousey tattooed on your arm? What are you offering? What are, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. On the arm I have a ton of tattoos on already or the other arm? Uh, arm you have a lot of tattoos on. Um, okay, how big? It would be in the hot rod font, just like a like a Rousey. And it says Rousey. Yeah. How big? I, I mean, you could fit it in between some of your other guys, like you know, maybe like two inches. Small, okay. Small. One. How how much are you proposing? Because I'll start a Kickstarter campaign for this. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Dude, nothing would make me happier than you having a Rousey tattoo. Because I know my buddy Brad, who's listening to this. We'll do it, and probably do it for free. We we should have so it's all profit. We should have a competition somehow. You and I, and the other one gets to pick a worse uh, wrestling tattoo that the other one has to get. I'll I'll make you tattoo Paige's face on your stomach, dude. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this bet anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Before next podcast. We will come up with a clever way to do this bet. It doesn't have to be on your arm. It could be somewhere hidden, the thigh, something like that. But I say we do a bad wrestling tattoo bet. I'm proposing it on Squash Match Episode 4. What do you think? I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a man backing down to me. Well, I'm not backing down on my hate for Ronda Rousey. All right. All right. Uh, next week, we uh, are going to rank one of my favorite things, our favorite botches. Uh, we're not going to have two different things we rank, not a best and worst. We're just going to have our favorite botches. So uh, that, that's going to be what we're going to be ranking next week. we got to thank our sponsor. Dan, you want to talk about them? Yeah, without a doubt, want to thank our sponsor, Train on Main. You know, if you're really weak, if you're not in shape, you need to do what Hulk Hogan and many other 80s wrestlers would do. 
No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, not that thing. Actually go and work out. Minus the uh, anabolic vitamins and prayers that you would lay down for the gains, gods. Visit Train on Main, 427 Main Street, Strasburg, PA, and you could become the next real American. Ask for Dan, the head trainer there, and he will turn you into a kingslayer like Seth Rollins. Find him on Instagram at train underscore on underscore main. On the internet at www.train-on-main.com and also look them up on Facebook. And I smirks, I was actually there tonight training with my youngest son. Yeah, building him up for the, uh, going to get him into NXT. Going to get him into probably Ring of Honor first. Okay. Let him build a name for himself in the indies and then we'll move on to NXT. But it was great. It was it was completely wide open. We had the place to ourselves, music blasting. You know, I am a real American. Nope, 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 I fight nope, for the nope, rights nope. of every man. I, I hate Ronda Rousey more uh-huh. than you can. Wait, well, who, I was chan- what was the last yeah, I part changed, there? I said I hate Ronda Rousey more than you can. I don't think anybody can hate Ronda Rousey more than you. No, well, I said I hate Ronda Rousey more than you can. Yeah. Yeah, you can't hate more than me. I agree. I agree. Good. Well, I'd like to see how much you hate her. So I'm going to follow you at squashmatch underscore pod uh, to see your hatred for Ronda Rousey. And I really think, you know, you need to start going more public with this. New gimmick alert. New gimmick alert. (laughs) New gimmick alert. Check us out this week at squashmatch underscore pod and see all the hate that I will be spewing for Ronda Rousey. Rousey. And when you see anything positive on there, know that it's from your boy Smirks. Anything about Ronda Rousey, that's coming from P. Amen, brother. Good work, ladies. Now wrap it up. (laughs) 